0: You do love me, don't you? Yes, we love you. All of you out there our <laughs> listeners, we love you that've been here since day 1 and that is a little tagline or a little little something something from our film Deadlines that we finally have a premiere date for yes. red carpet event. What?
1: That's right. You heard him right. We are going to do a red carpet world premiere if you will of our film Deadlines. April 21st, yep, it's right around the corner, just uh, like, like I, we cannot wait, guys, to see the thing uh, on the big screen, to finally have people be able to watch it, it's gonna be so freaking exciting, and we are pumped because this is a passion project of ours, it's our directorial debut, we have phenomenal performances by two of the most gifted young women actresses that you will ever, like, lay your eyes on, they just did phenomenal, it's a story, That is so relevant right now and it's going to get people talking and just – we're so excited.
0: (laughs) We're so pumped, man. We're so pumped. I mean finally we'll be able to put – Our greatness (laughs) up on screen and people will be able to see that. And if you are not coming to the red carpet premiere, because it's limited seating, but we will be sure to let you know when it is up on Amazon Prime. Yes. We want everybody and anybody to see this thing and start a conversation because that's what we're all about, man. And be nice with the reviews. Exactly. (laughs) Be nice with the reviews. It's very important. It's very important. (laughs) But man, let's get this crazy show started. This episode is sponsored by Self-Pause, a self-affirmation meditation app that helps you start your day, stay motivated, and love yourself. Because you guys know we have been talking about this subject a lot with our guests on the podcast about staying mentally prepared for the entertainment industry and how to do that when preparing yourself for life. So this app, Self-Pause, is definitely a way to keep your mental health on track absolutely and here's the really great
1: thing about it it's available in the app store so you can get it no matter what you got what kind of phone you got or whatever and there's they offer two different tiers there's a free tier and a premium tier now if you're worried about the premium tier guess what you can try it out free for two weeks 14 days and then it's only $3.99 after that a month I mean to keep your mental stability and to keep
0: positive and keep that's worth it exactly worth it. you guys need to check this app out Do it. We do it. We love it. I think you will too. I really think so as well. Selfpause.com, and like he said, uh, Google Play and the App Store on iOS iPhone systems. Yes. But now it is time to get this crazy show started. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 188 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Still crazy, still rocking, still rolling. (laughs) All the good things are happening here at Crazy Ant Media and with ITCAP Podcast.
2: Yes! Let's
0: just tease a little bit right now because we're both super excited about it. Man, oh man, the guest next week is from the biggest movie in the world right now and we're talking about the Batman
1: yes and uh, we're gonna we're just gonna tease we're not gonna tell you right now who it is but we can tell you it's a very integral character to a very integral part of the plot yes that develops a huge storyline within the film now that should get you going, like, Bats. ooh, damn, who's that? <laughs> and it's an outstanding interview, it's amazing, it, you, you guys are going to love it, we are so pumped, woo, yes. yeah, that's a good tease right there. Be sure to yeah. tune in
0: to episode 189 next week, oh boy, oh boy, but you guys know your host with the most, myself, j Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. boy, oh boy, we got a whole bunch going down in the entertainment industry, and... Some of it not very good, especially for our boys over at the Mouse House Disney. Mm. Man, oh, man, we're getting a lot of backlash from that. We we predicted it from all those Netflix Marvel shows heading to Disney+. Plus. We knew this was going to happen, and strip teases are, might happen, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh,
1: look, I mean, the, uh, look, facts are facts, guys, and, and we're going to dive into this really big. But just just a little tease of it. When Chappic took over, you know, when I should say, when Bob Iger stepped down and yep. Chappic was announced, and, and a year ago, a little over a year ago, the stock was at 202. It's been swimming in like the one t- high 120s, 130s. That's awful. That is a drastic yeah. drop over the year, boys and girls and shareholders. <laughs> Not so
0: <laughs> happy. Not at all. Um and it just misstep after misstep. We're gonna get into it, but it's not good for chapping. It's really not, man. It's really not. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com. You see the merch that we're wearing right here. <laughs> be sure to get yourself something. We have promotional deals happening all the freaking time. So that's why you got to follow us at Crazy Ant Media and at ITCAP Podcast. Free shipping coming so, up. Yeah, so that you will know when these amazing promo deals are happening so you can get some epic freaking merch like this that you see right now or that you hear right now. <laughs> yes. Great quality, great quality. Can you hear quality? Well, now you can. Um, <laughs> I think our voices are pretty good. Exactly, exactly. Saying. But yeah, let's get started. I mean, like we were talking about. Disney, there's a lot happening. Mm. Disney CEO Bob Ch- Chapik is having a very tough week in a statement attributed to the LGBTQIA plus employees at Pixar uh, and their allies. Employees of the animation studio alleged that Disney uh, corporate executives have demanded cuts from nearly every moment of a overtly gay affection in their films. Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of when there is protest from both the creative teams and the executive leadership at Pixar, now this is a stunning claim that is part of a wider reaction to the company wide memo sent to Disney employees by Chapic on Monday regarding its response to a recently passed legislation in Florida known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Mm. Chapic is facing major backlash after the company's botched response to the anti-gay bill in Florida sparked a staff revolt again or among the LGBTQ employees, and their supporters. Now, Chapic apologized to the staff yesterday saying, quote, it is clear that this is not just an issue about the bill in Florida, but instead yet another challenge uh, to basic human rights. Now, you need, you needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I am sorry. Uh, but some employees who have found the company's silence on the bill uh, profoundly alarming. Now, the statement came too late. I mean, that's obvious because yeah. of the backlash. And the apology, uh, you know, capped a full week of uh, attempted damage control. Basically, PR was going crazy over at Disney. But on Monday, he explained in an uh, internal memo that the company had not condemned the bill because it might be counterproductive. Now, by Wednesday, Chappick was acknowledging missteps and publicly uh, opposing the bill for the first time. He's like, oh, I made a a little boo-boo. Yeah. Uh, but the opposition came a day after the Florida State Senate passed the bill and weeks after controversy uh, first erupted, many of Disney's LGBTQ employees have been urging the company to cut off donations to lawmakers who supported this said bill which opponents have are, uh, yeah opponents have dubbed the don't say gay, legislation. Okay.
1: So much there. First yeah, of all. A lot you to unravel. Should have been condemning it from the get go. Yeah. Uh to say that you didn't because you thought it would be counterproductive, another huge mistake. Then yeah. to turn around and condemn it after it's already passed, all fucking huge mistakes. Now now look, I have no idea Chappic's politics. I have no idea how he feels about the gay community yeah. or not the gay community. But when you factor in the fact that Disney is is apparently censoring gay content at Pixar... Coupled with the fact that he didn't come out against this bill immediately, it's it's starting to set a standard as far as Chappick is concerned. Yep. Whether it's true or not about how he feels or doesn't feel, that's the image that is being presented. And you're the leader of the Mouse House, which you like it or not, is one of the most powerful positions in the world. It's the most recognized brand in the world, and you have to speak. You can't just stay silent. You have to speak. And, and uh, these are
0: all huge. Huge, huge mistake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have this, we have the Marvel shows, and we have the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. This is all not good stuff for Bob. I'm no. I'm just saying. No,
1: and speaking of, okay, speaking of the Marvel shows, we told you last week that they were coming to Disney+. Plus. We predicted that this was going to be a problem because yep. everybody thought for sure Hulu. You just put it on Hulu. Makes sense. Now, we have made the statement over and over and over again. From 98 years, from Walt Disney through Bob Iger, every CEO has made that determination that Disney is family branded. You do not put anything under the Mouse House's family brand of Disney. Hence, Disney Plus. Okay? So, they did... They decided to put these shows on Disney+, Plus. well, it didn't go over well. The Parents Television and Media Council, PTC for short, is, of course, now speaking out against Chappick and Disney ahead of the March 16th edition of the formal Netflix shows, including Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Punisher, and The Defenders, all on Disney+. Plus. Now, all of these series, as you guys know, are significantly more violent and adult in theme in subject matter compared to the other shows currently on Disney+. Now, the PTC warned Disney that streaming these series would basically destroy their brand. Eesh. Can't. We said the same thing last week. Eesh. We thought so, too. Now, Tim Winter, president of the Parents Television and Media Council, said in a statement, and I warn you, this statement is pretty fierce, and I, we, we're not scared to speak. We agree with this statement wholeheartedly 100%. I think it's accurate. Here it comes. He said... Quote, for more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family friendly. And I can think of no other corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and on the wallets of parents and families. The company's platform, Disney Plus, logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service and parents have placed their trust in Disney to deliver just that. It seems wildly off-brand for Disney Plus to add TV mature and R-rated programming to this platform ostensibly to increase subscription revenue. So what comes next? Adding live striptease performances in Fantasyland at Disney World? The mere presence of mature and R-rated content violates the trust of families and may well turn them off entirely. There is no need for Disney Plus to compete with the explicit content on other streaming platforms. Disney is already at a competitive advantage with their streaming platform that is currently the safest one out there for families. Its foray into TV mature and R-rated fare will forever tarnish the family-friendly crown. Mm,
0: Man, oh man, we were talking about it. We we give him credit for making a decision and making such a ballsy move. But we also saw this coming. It's what he said clearly in that quote, family friendly. That is what represents the Mouse House more than anything else. So, yeah, I just. It's why Michael Eisner created Touchstone. It's why they bought so heavily
1: into Hulu is to have these off brands that are Disney owned but not Disney named to be able to show content like that. Why, when you have Hulu, why do you
0: fucking put it on Disney Plus? It doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. I but, I mean, speaking of R-rated content, this one coming from Marvel. Sean Levy has entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The director of Free Guy and The Atom Project will once again team up with the amazing Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool 3 the much-anticipated third installment of the action franchise. Uh, Reet Reese and Paul Wernick, who uh, penned the first two Deadpool films, will write the third movie besides Reynolds. No other cast members are confirmed for Deadpool 3 at the moment. So we shall see. Will Cable come back? I mean, at the end of Deadpool 2, I really love their dynamics, so I would love to see Josh Brolin come back.
1: Well, my bigger thought is, will we finally see Logan? Yeah, well, we've, remember Sean Levy and and J- Hugh Jackman have a relationship as well, and they've done movies together. Um, so they're they're all very friendly and. That could be. Uh, is Sean Levy coming on board to finally make the Deadpool Wolverine thing happen? It would be so epic. Oh, my God. It would be epic. Hey, you know what else was fucking epic? And, okay, so now we're rolling into some really good news for yes. Disney, right? Forget all the bad chapic stuff. Let's talk the good news. Woo! Star Wars fans have been waiting nearly 17 years. I can't believe it's been that long already right. for and McGregor to return to the franchise as Obi-Wan <sighs> Kenobi. And this week, Disney Plus debuted the first trailer for the series, and it's full Full of tantalizing little clues and Easter eggs. As every Star Wars fan knows, Obi-Wan Kenobi will reunite McGregor and Anakin Skywalker actor Hayden Christensen after the duo were front and center in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Now, the opening shots of the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer establish a setting familiar to all Star Wars fans, Tatooine. The series is set ten years after the events of Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, which ended with Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader, of course, after Order 66 eliminates the majority of the Jedi around the galaxy. Now, Obi-Wan lives in a secret life in Tatooine, uh, watching over a young Luke Skywalker as the Empire seeks to wipe out the remaining Jedi. One of the buzziest moments of the trailer is this first look at young Luke Skywalker being uh in Tatooine, uh, which is awesome, and he's playing and kind of having a good time, and Obi's just kind of watching over him a little bit, uh, which is very cool. Um, the boy's obviously Force-sensitive, as we know, because we know who he turns into and how badass he becomes. Obi-Wan Kenobi won't be entirely set in Tatooine, though. The first trailer also provided a first look at the new planet called Dayu... I, I'm going to go with Dayu. <laughs> we with also it. see the live-action version, this one got really got me fired up, of the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. One of the main villains of Obi-Wan Kenobi alongside Inquisitor Reva and Darth Vader himself. The character, as you guys know if you're fans, was first introduced in the animated form in Star Wars Rebels and is the highest-ranking Inquisitor within the Galactic Empire. Uh. The character reports only to Darth Vader, which... It's obviously where we think Hayden Christensen's return will most likely factor into the series. Duh. Now, speaking of him, that was the most notable thing watching the trailer that most people are talking about was the absence of seeing him, other than the famous... That was
0: it.
2: That was it. it.
1: So, but anyway, 17 years in the making, we're finally going to get it, and the trailer delivered. The older, more forged Obi-Wan just looking over the young Luke, and, like, uh, it was so
0: fucking exciting to see. It was such an amazing thing. I've literally watched this thing 20 times. Like, (laughs) but fucking, like... Ewan McGregor is meant to play this role, oh, I, and it's such a beautiful thing to see. Like it, as soon as I watched it for the first time, like I really just felt like a kid again, going back to the theater and watching Attack of the Clones and like all this different stuff. So, I, it was just so exciting to see. I'm so pumped for this. I'm sad it's a limited series and probably is only going to be six episodes. But man, oh man, it's going to be some great fucking content. I mean, I'm I agree. So pumped.
1: I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm just like, okay. What I wanted to highlight too is because I really – if you guys pay attention, okay, and you really look closely, okay, at this thing, um, I think his metamorphosis, you're starting to see him look like – old Obi-Wan from yep. the original Star Wars movie. Yep. I mean, the, the 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 pattern of the beard and the like the whole hair kind of thing. He's really I love that progression into yep. we're going to see him become who we were originally introduced to and I Fucking love that! I'm so
0: excited. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be so great. It's gonna be so great. A... I'm pumped about this next one. Oh man, Disney Plus has ordered a new series about the beloved Muppets musical group, the Electric Mayhem Band. Yes. Now, the series titled "The Muppets Mayhem" will follow the band as they <laughs> try to record their first ever album. <sighs> now, Lily Singh. Uh, Will star as Nora, the human junior AR executive tasked with managing the Electric Mayhem Band. Oh my goodness. Now you know the band consists of Dr. Teeth on vocals and keyboard, Animal on drums, Floyd Pepper on vocals and bass, and Janice on vocals and lead guitar, and Zoot on saxophone, and Lips on the trumpet. Hell yeah. And why am
1: I so excited? Because anybody who knows me knows Animal is my all-time favorite Muppet, and i Fucking can't wait to see him go crazy on TV again. Hell yeah! go bye-bye. Just. Fucking love, Animal. All right. Jill Eikenberry is set to guest star in the ABC drama pilot L.A. Law, the revival of the iconic Stephen Bochco legal, legal drama that we've been telling you about. And, obviously, she's going to reprise her role as Ann Kelsey. Elkenberry starred in all eight seasons of the original NBC series as Kelsey, associate partner in the firm. Now, in the pilot, she's well beyond associate partner. She's now a judge. So that's going to be badass. And she's, like, now the third person from the original series to be announced to be coming on to the show uh Corbin Burnson and Blair Underwood obviously so that's fucking exciting and I predicted I knew you can't have LA Law without these people coming in at least
0: making appearances exactly we need the little cameos we need it It was iconic I mean you have to have them exactly man but this next one's very interesting now stick with me on this one (laughs) Hulu is set to unlock a new uh, unlimited DVR feature for all Hulu Plus Live TV subscribers for no additional fee. Now, on April 13th, Hulu will introduce unlimited DVR for live TV customers available across the entire lineup of 80 plus channels. Now, this is including broadcast networks like ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Now, the upcoming unlimited DVR will let customers store an unlimited number of live TV recordings for up to nine months. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And lets it match, uh, and lets it match google's youtube tv which has offered unlimited cloud-based dvr storage for no extra charge uh since the debut of in 2017 so that's very exciting even more reason that people are cutting the cord oh yeah linear television is dying
1: yeah so. and i gotta tell you i think not only is this in response to competing with youtube tv yeah. which does it already but when peacock you know NBC announced that you could no longer they would no longer be and allow their shows on Hulu for next day watching well if you have Hulu live exactly. you just record it the day of and then you have it stored in your DVR and you can watch it the next day anyway on Hulu so I think that's in response mm-hmm. they're gonna be like okay you're gonna take away our you know next day we're just gonna give them the ability to watch it the next day anyway exactly so it's smart it's a smart move this one's pretty exciting too Hulu has picked up the drama series career opportunities in murder and mayhem to series now the series was ordered to pilot at the streamer in 2021 hulu has given the one hour drama a 10 episode first season order per the official description of the show it asks the question how do you solve a murder in post-fact world especially when sailing the mediterranean on an ocean liner filled with the wealthy and powerful everyone on board is hiding something but one of them Is a killer. Now, that's what the world's once greatest detective, Rufus Coatsworth, and his protege, Imogene, aim to discover the truth. At all costs. Now, here's why it's exciting: Who are gonna play the world's greatest detective? Not the Batman <laughs> and, and his and his buddy Mandy Patinkin himself is gonna star as Coatesworth, and Violet Bean. We love Violet Bean is set to play Imogene. So that's gonna be a really good one. That's very exciting. I feel like a lot
0: of good people will be attached to that oh, one. Yeah. So I'm pumped to see it. Yep. Uh, Fox heading over there. The Simpsons are gonna make yet a historic milestone, guys, on Sunday, and con- uh, consequently. It's happening during Women's History Month. Now, for the first time ever, after 33 seasons and 719 episodes, tomorrow's episode, which is uh, March 13th, uh, uh, the top four key creative roles that guide the animation in the Simpsons episode are all going to be women. That includes director Jennifer Moeller, as well as assistant director Debbie Spafford and lead timer as Esther Lee and background uh, layout lead Heejin Kim. So that is amazing. That is a huge step in the, you know, featuring women more inclusiveness. Like, I just feel like this is such an important thing, and I'm glad The Simpsons are doing it, especially with such a legendary animation show like this.
1: Yeah, it's it's sad it took 33 seasons to do it, but, I mean, kudos to getting it done. This one we all knew was coming. This one, it, it, it's going to happen, and uh, it's going to happen a whole lot quicker. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Is it good? Is it bad? Don't know yet. We'll uh, see. I think, I think it could potentially be good if done right, but with Zaslow, I think it's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> Discovery investors voted in approval of the company's $43 billion acquisition of Warner Media from AT&T to create Warner Brothers Discovery, we've had this discussion, should just be Warner Brothers, during a special meeting of the stockholders on Friday, marking one of the final formal steps before the transaction can close. Now, the deal is expected to be completed in early in the second quarter between April 11th and April 28th, so literally right around the corner, guys. The mergers already received approval from the U.S. Department of Justice and the boards of directors of both AT&T and Discovery. So pretty much a done deal at this point. When it closes, what's the new company going to consist of? Well, in case you didn't know, Warner Media owns a, a shit and Discovery owns a shit ton. So here we go. When it closes, Warner Media owns HBO, HBO Max, CNN, Warner Brothers, DC Films, DC Comics, New Line Cinema, TBS, TNT, True TV, Cartoon Network, and Adult Swim, Turner Sports, Rooster Teeth, among a bunch of other brands, and is part owner of CW along with Paramount. Discovery. Is the parent company and owner of Discovery Plus, Discovery Channel, Home and Garden TV, Food Network, TLC, Investigation Discovery, The Travel Channel, Turbo Velocity, Animal Planet, Science Channel, and Oprah's Own. They're all going to be under the same roof. That's a lot. That is a fucking lot of content. So, like I said, potentially really huge,
0: really great. I think
1: Zaz loves-
0: ego is going to get in the <laughs> yeah, way Yeah, that's the problem. End. That's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, that's the potential to make a lot of revenue with a lot of different like age demographics and diversity. So I think it's very smart in that aspect, but you have to have the right captain at the helm of the ship. But we'll see how that goes. Will he be another chapik? <laughs> oh, well, man. Oh, man. Uh, the two most legendary studios, we see what's happening. I'm telling you. <laughs> now, we're pumped, at, not really, about this one. We teased it a little bit on our social media media this sucks it is what it is but it sucks because we're much anticipating all these films and we're talking about warner brothers shuffling around release dates for several of its blockbuster films that include black adam the flash aquaman 2 wonka shazam 2 and now aquaman the last kingdom and the flash are both being pushed from 2022 to 2023 due to covid and uh induced production delays and visual effects The Jason Momoa starring sequel is pushed back from December 16th of 2022 to March seventeenth of twenty twenty three. Now yeah. that's a couple of months, but still. still. Uh, meanwhile, Ezra Miller's first solo outing as the Flash is speeding away from November fourth of twenty twenty two to all the way back to June twenty third of twenty twenty three. Is this film ever happening? I, that I mean, <laughs> that one we've been talking about that one for. Like it's been delayed, yeah delayed, years, delayed, delayed. Like I don't know. Wild. Um, now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Black Adam is being pushed back three months to October 21st of 2022, and um, DC Legend of Super Pets is being moved to July 29th of 2022, which was Black Adam's original date. Now, Super Pets, which uh, Johnson voices Superman's canine best friend, Crypto, the Superdog, Dog, uh, was previously dated for May 20th of 2022. And Shazam! Fury of the Gods is the only movie moving up a few months. Okay. Now, the Zachary Levi starring pick is flying up from June 2nd of 2023 to December 12th of 2022. Interesting. So that's kind of exciting. We haven't seen Shazam or really heard a lot about Shazam this whole, like, off time since the first one. Yeah,
1: just a little tease at DC Fandom, and that that was it. That's about
0: it, man. But it's just in time for Christmas season. The non-superhero release movies... uh, Timothy Charlemagne's turn uh as chocolatier Willy Wonka in the origin story Wonka is being pushed back by several months. Mm. From March 17th of 2023 to December 15th of 2023. That's damn near a whole year. Um, Now, finally, the shark disaster movie, Make to the Trench, starring Jason Statham, swims into theaters on August 4th of 2023. So a lot of movement.
1: A lot of movement with the superhero movies. The one thing that wasn't in there that I'm really curious about, though, is the Flash movie. Being delayed like that, how is that going to affect the Batgirl movie on HBO Max? Because as we all know, Keaton's Batman plays an integral role in the Batgirl oh, movie. Yeah, And Keaton's Batman is introduced in the Flash movie. It's how they explain why he's there and not Ben Affleck's Batman. So is that going to push Batgirl back? Don't know. I know, man. The other curious thing is why they moved Shazam up to December 12th because in my opinion the movie I'm moving to the December time frame for Oscar consideration would be re-releasing the fucking Batman. Facts. Why? Because the Batman landed a much bigger opening weekend than initially expected. Yeah. The new superhero epic collected $137 million in North American theaters over last weekend above Sunday's estimates of $128.5 million. The reason behind the 4% bump in Monday's final tally is because the Batman had a much better than expected turnout on last Sunday, bringing in $34.1 Now, those ticket sales rank as the best opening of 2022, as well as only the second pandemic era movie to cross the $100 million mark in a single weekend, of course following Spider-Man No Way Home. Now... What's it doing currently? The film this weekend is currently domina- dominating the box office again with a very healthy holdover, earning $66 million on its way to $238.5 million by Sunday. And the Matt Reeves-directed movie worldwide has already crossed the $400 million mark. Damn! It's doing pretty good. And guess what, boys and girls? There's nothing really opening again next weekend, so I feel that holdover. He's going to hold it at least one more
0: weekend. At least, so, if not two. I mean, oh yeah. You never freaking know, but I mean, this movie is absolutely killing it. And before it came out, there was rumors going around that there was possibly going to be a Penguin series, you know, from the Batman spinoff and all this good stuff. Well... With the success of that, of mm-hmm. course they're going to move forward with it. The Batman spinoff series titled The Are About the Penguin at HBO Max has officially been ordered to series. Colin Farrell will return for the limited yes. series after starring as the famous Batman villain in the recently released film. The show will follow the character whose real name is Oswald Cobblepot uh, as he rises through the ranks of Gotham's criminal underworld
1: yeah because if you guys saw the movie you know he takes over falcone like you know he now he's the guy now he's the guy in charge so uh, he did
0: so well i mean oh i gosh for pattison battison and fucking Farrell. like we were like eh, maybe we'll see how they do they both just fucking knocked no. it out of the park yeah man it
1: was so good and kudos to matt reeves for knowing Right, yeah. he, he just knew, these are my guys, and like, boom. He, in fact, I, th- I saw somewhere that there was no other choice for Penguin other. That was like oh, his wow. guy. So that's interesting. That's awesome. So now there was also long rumored that, that this was going to also do a spinoff series involving the Gotham PD, mm-hmm. right? But because the movie was so successful and focused the ending about Arkham Asylum, and now we know the rewriting of, of, of Martha uh, Wayne's story and, and Arkham and that whole kind of a thing— They've decided to definitely put the Batman television spinoff series centered on the Gotham Police on hold. Not going to happen. Why? Because it's getting a television spinoff in a different direction. The spinoff is now going to emerge as a series about... Arkham Asylum, moving more into the realm of exactly what would happen in the world of Arkham if it relates coming off of the film and some of the characters and their origins. So I'm assuming we're going to hear a lot more about Martha Wayne and all that and the family and how that all went down. Almost learning the idea of a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. The Arkham series is one of two shows being spun off, as we just told you, along with the Penguin. So that's pretty fucking exciting to dive deeper into that whole world about how Arkham actually came to exist. So that's going to be epic. Yeah. And, you know, will we see more Joker? Will we not? We don't know.
0: We don't know. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. It's going to be very interesting. Yes. Oh, man. But Runa. Mark uh, will play Penny, the female lead and the love interest in Blue Beetle. Yes, I know you're super excited I about am. this one. The superhero adventure makes history as the first DC Films production to star a Latino character. Yes, in addition, Blue Beetle has added Blasa Escobedo as go. a Harvey Gillian uh, to the ensemble. And now they join uh, old boy from <laughs> Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai, uh, yeah. who has set the star in the lead role as Jamie Reyes, the alter ego of the Blue Beetle, and the vigilante who has. Uh, Great, basically done all of these crazy shit. I mean, it had crazy spine injury, right? That gave him tremendous powers and the ability to emit blue energy. Yeah. Now Escobedo will play Jamie's younger sister, um, Milgros. Uh, Gillian's Gile- role is wrapped in secrecy and cloaked in mystery. So let the speculation begin, my our Marvel fans, comic book fans. Yes. So keep going, man.
1: I've got some thoughts on who I think he's going to play, and I'm pretty positive, I know, and I'm going to probably drop that in the next couple of weeks if they don't announce who he's playing, because if you follow Blue Beetle and you know the history, you know there's a certain buddy that Blue Beetle has that's yeah. always around, and I think maybe that's going to be who it is. Hey, Austin Butler, has you just saw recently in the big Elvis trailer that was released and everything, right? Uh, so, oh, by the way, did you see, uh, just skipping back to Disney real quick, Tom Hanks, his buddy in the Elvis film, that first official still of Pinocchio?
0: No, I did not Oh my gosh,
1: that it was his Geppetto and Pinocchio live action, mm. but looked just like the fucking animated nice. They intentionally designed it to look like that. It was crazy. Anyway, back to Austin. <laughs> Austin is in talks to join the cast of Dune Part 2 as the villainous Fide Rautha, the sadistic nephew of Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, which, of course, is Stellan Skarsgård, and the heir to the Harkonnen Empire. Uh. The role is one of the most important new characters appearing in Dune Part 2. Now, a source close to the project says that Butler is in very early stages of joining the film, so no, it's not a gut done deal yet. Neither is this one a done deal, but apparently also very close. Florence Pugh is also in negotiations to join the cast. Now, if that deal closes, Pugh will play Princess Irulan Corino, a royal who becomes romantically entangled with Timothy Chalamet's Paul Arterist. Mm. It's a critical role, one of the potential to grow if Dune stretches deeper into the novelist Frank Eber's literary canon. Which so, is very interesting, yeah. because,
0: I mean, they kind of implied that... Timothy and Zendaya were possibly going to be a thing or maybe just keep that close kinship. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. <laughs> Dune's a very interesting Sorry. Yes. Uh, Heading over to Paramount, CBS has renewed four of its most popular unscripted series, and you're not going to be surprised. I'm just going to be honest about it. (laughs) Uh, One of them being Survivor, the other ones being The Amazing Race, Tough as Nails, and The Secret Celebrity Renovation. Now, all will return for new seasons next year. CBS previously announced the renewals of several scripted series as well, including uh, Bob Hart, Abby, Abby... Abashola, Abishola, Uh CSI Vegas, Ghosts, The Neighborhood, and of course, Young Sheldon. So, by no surprise, uh, yet all these were coming back. Come survivor
1: on is a survivor. That the show is thing. just not going to die. No. I mean, Jeff Probst will die before the show goes off the air. He, I think. I'm just,
0: uh, he's literally going to be the Alex Trebek of Survivor.
1: I, I totally agree. Play. I think, and but be smart enough to end it when just he to does. end it when. when yeah. Jeopardy, not so. Good.
0: Oscar winner
1: Gina Davis has been tapped as the co-lead for a CBS's untitled mother-son legal drama pilot. Now, in the drama, despite their opposing personalities, a talented but directionalist private investigator, who is the black sheep of his family, begrudgingly agrees to work as the in-house investigator for his overbearing mother, played by Gina Davis, a successful attorney reeling from the recent dissolution of her marriage. Now, Davis will star as Joan. She's a razor She's her sharp attorney and a self-made success who put herself through law school to support her three kids. And when her first husband died, very controlling and always aware of appearances, Joan must rely on Todd, her least reliable child, when her second marriage mysteriously unravels. And while she can't condone Todd's less than legal tactics, she's impressed by his ability to sleuth out information. But is hiring Todd to work in her office a serious gamble? We'll find out when they tell us what the name of the show is and when it debuts.
0: I, I love Gina Davis, though. I think this is probably going to be a good one. I agree, man. I agree. Ever since fucking Beetlejuice, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Uh, not to be outdone by Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi's trailer, but Paramount Plus also released the first trailer of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. But let's be honest. Who cares? Star Um, Wars, Star
1: Trek. It's big.
0: (laughs) It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Um, Now, this is the fifth Trek series set at Paramount Plus. In the trailer, Captain Christopher Pike, who is Anson Mount, is seen living remote in a remote winter cabin, presumably, on Earth. As fans mount a tenure on Season 2 of Star Trek's Discovery, uh, know that Pike knows about the horrific future that awaits him in which he's injured so terribly that he's uh, trapped inside a immovable body. Damn, there's a lot happening right there. Oh, yeah. Um, Something something or someone lures Pike back into service on the Enterprise, returning him to his crew and to the Federation's mission of exploring the galaxy. The rest of the trailer uh, provides several glimpses of vast locales that await Pike. And audiences in the show, first uh, 10-episode season, Uh, which will return uh, Trek to his episodic roots rather than a single season or a single long story. Joining him will be number one Rebecca Roman as Spock and Ethan Peck uh, as, or as seen in the first uh, season of Discovery, along with Legacy Trek uh, characters Nurse Christine Chapel played by Jess Bush, uh, Cadet Noeta Yohara, uh, Celia Rose Gooding, and Doctor Ming. Me, Dr. <laughs> uh three new characters will round out the cast. Uh, Lieutenant, our uh, Lieutenant Erica Ortiguez, played by Melissa Navia, you and uh, Lene Noin Singh, played by Christina Chong, and Hemmer, played by Bruce Horick, are the first legally blind actors to play a central character on the Trek TV series. Okay, I know. So that's breaking ground, cool. man. L- I heard. Uhura. Cadet Uhura, who we all know goes
1: on to be Lieutenant Uhura uh, of Star Trek fame. I love that. For anybody who's not familiar, Pike was the captain of the Enterprise before Kirk. And the pilot for the original Star Trek series way back in the 60s had Pike and Spock, not Kirk. And so that's where this character comes from. And so now they're going to tell that story mm. of Pike and his Enterprise prior to that awful thing happening to him and Kirk getting control of Enterprise. So it's going to be really interesting to see so the too. history of Uhura and like how that all plays out. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. Hey, you know what else is awesome? This guy is on fucking fire right now. Love to he see is it. showing up everywhere and Disney's going to be. Fucking hating themselves for not renewing Turner and Hooch. Fact. Josh Peck is the latest to join the sprawling A list cast of Christopher Nolan's World War II epic Oppenheimer. Peck will play Kenneth Brainbridge, a real scientist who was involved in the Manhattan Project, the code name, of course, for America's effort to develop nuclear weapons during the Second World War. Now, as we've told you, Killian Murphy is starring as J. Robert Oppenheimer in the movie, which examines the physicists whose con- contribution led to the creation of the atom bomb. Guys and gals, This one's got literally every fucking A-list actor in Hollywood in the cast.
2: No. They just every
1: day they keep adding an A-lister to the cast.
0: Papsadera, man. Yeah, well done, John,
1: man. You're killing it, killing it. Leave some people for Yellowstone. no? Exactly, (laughs) exactly,
0: man. We got to get him back on the show. Oh, man, he was so Uh, fun. So good, man, so good. Well, something else that was really good, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's The Young Rock uh, has cast Arlene Bruchet as a very personal character in The Rock's life, and that is Danny Garcia, his college sweetheart turned ex-wife and now business partner, Per official description for her character, who will be a recurring guest star on the upcoming second season of The Rock... Danny is uh, compassionate and she's caring while also being a very disciplined athlete and a future CEO. She starts uh, as Dwayne's uh, college sweetheart at Miami, but soon becomes a guiding force in his life and as his uh, contemplate, embracing the grind as profession- in professional wrestling. Boucher is best known for her breakout role in Tonya in season two of HBO's Ballers alongside Johnson. So they have that history, they have that chemistry, so it should show on screen. So
1: I, got, I gotta i got tell you, that must have been a hard casting process, because you want to make sure you get that one right, that one because right, yeah. that is
0: a really just weird,
1: yet somehow awesome relationship in real life. Yeah. College sweethearts, and then they get married, and then they... Did, I, I guess these are two people who still deeply were in love with each other, but not in love with... With each other and realize that and just are still to this day business partners yep. and very close friends and just – it's it's like awesome. You don't see that very much. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: really a beautiful thing.
1: It is. And so to ca- cast that person had to just be like right, you yeah, know. Green. Um, this is exciting. Ernie Hudson, coming off the Ghostbusters New uh, Afterlife movie, has joined the Quantum Leap sequel series pilot at NBC. Hudson joins previously announced series uh, uh, lead Raymond Lee in the pilot. Now, this is why I'm excited, because I'm a fan of the original show and I watched it. Hudson is attached to play a character named Herbert Magic Williams. Why does that sound familiar? He's a Vietnam veteran and the head of the Quantum Leap project. Now... If you remember, like me, the character of Williams previously appeared in the original series with Beckett uh, leaping into him during the Vietnam War. So that's why that name sounds familiar, and th- that's going to be awesome yeah. to have him come back 30 years later. And he'll be able to, like, I guess, pass on that story of, yeah, I remember when he leaped into me and took control of me. And, like, yeah, I mean, so it's going to be interesting kind of see how Hudson plays that.
0: I think so, too, man. I think it's going to be great. Well, Daphne uh, Maxwell-Reed, who played Will's aunt in later seasons of... Exactly. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And uh, Vernie Watson-Johnson as... Uh, who recurred as Will's mom on the show, are returning to Bel-Air in guest-starring roles for Episode 9 of Peacock's new drama, Bel-Air. For their upcoming guest roles on Bel-Air, the two will play Helen and Janice, members of the Art Council Board of Trustees. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maxwell Reed and Watson Johnson's appearance in Episode 9 will stream March uh, 24th. Uh, The uh, the Season 1 finale of Bel-Air will be March 31st. And if you guys haven't checked that one out yet, it's really good. The first one's a little campy and like soap opery. But if you get past that first one, it's it's really freaking good.
1: It's intense. It yeah. is really intense. But I love how they're paying homage and bringing all these people from the original series on. I think yeah. that's awesome. Uh, this woman is another one that's kind of just killing it in everywhere lately. Renee Zellweger. Apparently, you saw that new weird kind of show she's got coming to NBC, but she's got another one. Renee Zellweger set to star in the drama Avenger Field mm. that's in development at the Peacock, so continuing that relationship with NBC. The one-hour drama series tells the story of those that established a clandestine all-female U.S. Air Force program called the WASPs Women Air Force Service Pilots to battle Hitler from home. Inspired by the true story of WASP leader Jackie Cochran, Zellweger and the diverse group of women who fought the system, skeptics and even sabotage to bring everyone home safely. That's good because a lot of people don't know the story of the WASPs and so to do a series about it is going to be really interesting.
0: That really is, especially with her. Oh
1: yeah. She's like just out there. A
0: Very interesting. Uh, This next one I'm super excited about because I'm on the Pete Davidson train. I don't know if you are, but I am. I love the man. Uh, Pete Davidson will lead his own comedy series, playing a fictional version of himself. The project, tentatively (laughs) titled Butt Kiss, comes from Universal Television and Saturday Night Live showrunner Lauren Michaels. Beyond starring, Davidson would also serve as co-writer on Butt Kiss and frequently collaborator with David Sirius. Now, reports indicate that the premise of Buttkiss would be uh, comparable to Larry David's HBO sitcom Curb Your Enthusiasm, which follows the Seinfeld co-creator as he navigates celebrity status in his daily life. So I'm very excited about that. I feel like it. Curb Your Enthusiasm meets Entourage meets all these different things. So I'm excited about it, especially like over the past couple of years, his star meter and his stardom has just boomed like crazy. He's been on SNL for a while, but over the past three or four years, like it's been all time high since he became a man whore. I mean,
1: you know. I mean, he's been linked to like damn near every Hollywood person like ever. Um, good for him. I I am kind of on the bandwagon. I teared up. I had to adjust, and like you know, I'm happy for him. I do love the idea though, because he has had such a crazy life. He has over had the a crazy couple. life. So the idea of making a show about following that crazy life and how he deals with it is going to be pretty entertaining, right? I got, you know, good to Lauren Michaels for recognizing that and going for it. Uh Sony. Um. It's not Spider-Man related, guys. What? Two weeks after pausing the theatrical release of Morbius in Russia, Sony Pictures has announced that it is also halting all other businesses in the country following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The move includes home entertainment releases such as the box office hit Spider-Man No Way Home and any television distribution deals. Now, Disney and uh, Paramount also followed suit with that shortly after, but good for Sony for doing that and good. I mean, you know. Keep
0: it up. It only I makes feel sense. sorry
1: for the Russian people because they're suffering too, but you gotta do something, so. Exactly, man. Exactly.
0: Well, MGM James Wolk is joining the cast of MGM's adaptation of The Boys in the Boat. Yes. He joins ensemble cast that includes uh, Colin Turner and Joel Edgerton. MGM, Spyglass, and Smokehouse are partnering on this production with George Clooney directing this one and Mark L. Smith writing the mm. script. This is the film that we told you about that tells the triumph of the underdog story of the University of Washington men rowing team who stunned the world by winning the gold. In the 1936 Berlin Olympics, Wolk will play Coach Boyles. So, very interesting. Yeah. Again... I, I don't know how many people are going to be interested in this movie. I but don't know, but it's crew, gonna, yeah.
1: crew has seen a resurgence, though. Like, a lot of people, I think, you know, I guess, I don't know. Maybe because the row machines at, at fitness centers are getting popular, and so maybe everybody's thinking they can get on that crew. I, I don't know. It is. They are fun. They are, they are fun. fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we'll see. Uh, hey, you know that guy Fifty Cent? He's rocking and rolling over at Lionsgate. Yeah, for How much make. longer we don't know because they keep pissing him off, and he <laughs> keeps talking about leaving. But for right now, everything's okay. Power Book Four Force has been renewed for season two at Stars, which of course is a spinoff of Fifty Cent's original Power to debut on Stars. The series saw. Joseph Sikora return as Tommy Egan, who leaves New York and finds himself caught up in the Chicago drug game. The series also stars Isaac Keyes, Lily Simmons, Gabriel Ryan, Shane Harper, Chris D. Lofton, Anthony Fleming III, Lucian Cambridge, and Tommy Flanagan, as you guys know. It's a pretty intense show. All of 50 Cent shit is, like, amazing on Stars. Um, if you guys are not checking it out, why is that under Lionsgate? Because Lionsgate owns Stars. You there you go. But check those all out. And, and, I mean, everything that Stars is putting out is fucking awesome right Exactly. Now. I mean, he really just needs to buy Stars. He, that, he it does. needs to happen. But keep keep heels. Yes. Keep that. I mean, if that's you buy so it, successful. keep fucking heels. Don't don't fuck that up.
0: Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, AMC. If you guys thought Walking Dead couldn't do anymore, well, you're wrong because the Walking Dead continues to live on at AMC because that's what's the only living, breathing thing that they have and that they keep pumping blood out of. Uh, the network is greenlighting two spinoff series, or no, just one spinoff yeah. series, centering around Maggie and Negan. Both mm. Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan will return. In the spinoff which currently titled the isle of the dead now the six episode series will see the two characters traveling into a post-apocalyptic manhattan long ago cut off from the mainland uh the crumbling sit, uh, city is filled with the dead and d- denizens uh who have made new york city their own world full of anarchy danger beauty and Terror, of course. Now, the series is expected to t- debut in AMC and on AMC Plus in 2023. But again, do we need it?
1: No. We I, don't. You know, we don't. I just, it's time to move on, guys. It's time to move on. Do I like Megan? Do I, do I, I, I mean, do I like Maggie? Do I like the characters? I love the actors. They're both phenomenal, but it's time to move on.
0: Oh, season 7 was the
1: peak, and then after that, I just... Yeah, you know, it, it, enough is enough. Jesus. Thanks. Hey, maybe this one will help make that decision a little easier, because this guy's fucking phenomenal, and this show sounds amazing. I'm talking about Giancarlo Esposito, who you just saw in The Mandalorian, obviously. He's such a badass. He's set to star in the newly greenlit AMC drama series The Driver. Now, the six-episode first season focuses on a taxi driver, played by Esposito, whose life is turned upside-down when he agrees to chauffeur a New Orleans-based Zimbabwean gangster Mm. notorious for exploiting undocumented immigrants at the U.S. southern ports. That sounds fucking amazing. The show is slated to debut on AMC and AMC Plus in 2023. Him in a gangster-related show set in New Orleans, I'm all
2: in. Exactly, I you am guys all
1: know in. <laughs> our roots set <laughs> oh down
0: in freaking New Orleans in the South, so we love everything that comes oh, and out of there. Oh, Jesus!
1: Immigration and trafficking and all that
0: kind of huge. so huge down there. Huge. So this is going to be a huge show. Agreed, man. Agreed. Heading over to Netflix and something that they're just banking off of, and that's the <laughs> one and only Shonda Rhimes with her Shondaland, which they have scored another series from the production company at Netflix, with the streamer picking up. Up the murder mystery drama, The Residence. Mm. Uh, the series is inspired by Kate Anderson Brower's book, The Residence, inside the private world of the White House. Oh. It is described as a screwball um, who done it whodunit, set <laughs> in the upstairs, downstairs, and backstairs of the White House. Oh. Among the eclectic staff of the world's most famous mansion, uh, the show is said to feature one dead body one wild eccentric detective, (laughs) and one disastrous state dinner. Per Netflix, the show has received an eight-episode order. Just all of that sounds very interesting and better than The Walking Dead. So this is why we're going to watch
1: I mean, is, is is this like scandal meets like you know? The, I, I, I don't even how like, I,
0: yeah like so
1: there it's the White House. There's a dead body. There's clearly going to try to be a cover up, but a crazy clue, detective like. is trying to yeah like Clue or Knives Out or it's all kinds of things jumbled together, yeah. and Shonda is going to make it brilliant, that. no doubt. This one, I'm, I'm both excited and sad for. Season 6 of Peaky Blinders is heading to Netflix on June 10th, we finally know now. Season 6 is also set, this is why I'm sad, to be the final season of the hit series, although a film adaptation is apparently in the works. It is set to go into production in 2023. The latest season of the show will air without one crucial character, though, which we're also very sad about. Aunt Polly, who was played by Helen McCrory. McCrory tragically died of cancer last April, which is also one of the reasons Bobby left billions because if you guys did not know, Damian Lewis, her husband, and had to kind of like, you know, know, deal with all that and everything. So sad situation all the way around, but Peaky Blinders is brilliant, and if you haven't checked it out, do so. Uh, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, he's... The main, the main guy. I haven't watched one single. Oh my god! It's so good, bro! It's so good. Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, like, like, there's so many huge names in this thing. It's brilliant. Need to check that one out.
0: Uh, Never Have I Ever has been renewed for season four at Netflix. Holy shit! They made it to season four. (laughs) I, which also uh, be the show's last season. (laughs) Uh, News of the four season renewal comes before season three of the series. It it has even premiered uh, production on the third season. Recently wrapped and will debut over the summer, but at least they knew about it and they'll be able to, you know, clean everything up properly because a lot of of Netflix shows, they don't let you have that closure. No,
1: like this one probably did not get closure because this one followed suit what Netflix normally does. Fix. The Babysitter's Club's been canceled at Netflix after two seasons because on Netflix, it's usually two and done. Uh, And it better not be for Raising Dion. Better not be. Just telling you right now, Netflix, don't do it. Don't do it. Walden well, Media, however, the company behind the show, made it clear they will look to develop new iterations of the franchise and shop them around to other places. I'm so. gonna be
0: honest, I haven't even heard of that thing, so I'm not. I'm surprised it made it to season two.
1: It's a huge book series that was, like, extremely popular, Mm -hmm. which is probably why it got picked up. But, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have much success shopping it to other networks. Yeah.
0: We'll see, man. We'll see. Well, now heading over to the astronaut himself, Jeff Bezos' Amazon. The Reacher is the first Amazon Prime video TV series to top the Nielsen streaming ratings. Mm. Previously... The Amazon comedy Coming to America landed in first place, but this marks the first for the TV show side from the streaming service. Now, for the week of February 7th to the 13th, the action thriller came in at number one on the top 10 list for uh, SVOD titles with 1.589 billion minutes watched during wow. the first week of its availability. Per Nielsen, uh, the audience for the action thriller starring Alan Richardson um, largely skewed male audiences with hmm. 58%, while increasing its viewership from younger streamers in the 18 to 34 and 35 to 49 age demographic so they hit that shit right on the head
1: yeah i'm shocked to hear that it skewed mostly males because alan richardson every woman that i know fucking loves this guy it's true. He's like you know uh, so i'm just wondering he's hawk on titans if you guys don't know in blue mountain valley and like just a ton of stuff that this guy's been in forever um blue and mountain so state. blue mountain state state I, I miss it's speak. so good i i, I misspeak so sometimes good. i misspeak i get it's ahead fine. of myself i
0: don't know how to pronounce names it's
1: no fine. it's i i i talk a lot i talk fast and sometimes it comes out before i'm done thinking Facts. <laughs> like, <laughs> <this is> facts. <laughs> but my point is is that he's 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 kind of a good-looking guy that he women is like. so good so yeah. i thought that that would be a little more evenly balanced that's all i'm saying women tune in Tune Do in. it. Do it. Um, Hey, this one is no surprise. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to talk. Everybody's jumping on the video game bandwagon and making movies Facts. and TV shows and all kinds of stuff based on video games. Well, Amazon is no exception. They are apparently in talks to pick up God of War, oh, a shit. live action TV series adaptation from Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation. No deal is closed yet for the project based on the popular Santa Monica studio produced playstation game however the potential series hails from the expanse creators mark Fergus and hawk quitsby the wheel of time showrunner rafay jenkins amazon has ordered nope so they haven't ordered yet but it looks like it's gonna happen it's because talks. with those with those creators on board i feel like that's a done deal
0: it's in but, talks but, we'll but man oh man they're spending a shit ton of money for the lord of the rings one God of War is going to cost them a lot just in visual effects. So that's, ooh, boy, they're, they're reaching, man. They are really reaching. They got the money. Uh, yeah, and I mean, what is Rami Yosef doing right now That since he's not doing Rami? Well, Amazon has ordered two seasons of an animated comedy from him, Rami Yosef himself. The series is part of the new first look deal that he and Karyo Cowboy, Production Banner have signed with the streamer. The animated series will explore the experience of Muslim American families uh, that must learn how to code switch as they navigate the early 2000s, a time of fear, war, and rapid expansion of a boy band uh, industrial uh, complex. That That's a very interesting time to do that for Muslim American families because of 9-11. So I'm interested to see this. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they go about this thing.
1: Yeah. Oh. hmm. That one sounds intense. Yeah, man. Sounds pretty good. Animation. This one is surprising. I'm going to be honest about it. I was shocked when I read this one. I was like, what is going on? But okay, everybody's trying to get in on it, right? And I guess why not Apple too? Apple has apparently snared the rights to Friday night package of Major League Baseball games, Mm. extending Silicon Valley's reach into the world of sports. Apparently, under the terms of the new pact, Apple will have exclusive rights to telecast two Friday night baseball games each week, totaling for about 50 per year. In the
0: U.S. and eight countries overseas via Apple TV Plus. That's something that I feel like Amazon and Apple are separating themselves from these other streamers. They're going after sports heavy. So I mean, the other ones might have to jump on that, especially I mean, with the linear television. Yeah, stuff. no doubt. I mean, and they're both trying to catch
1: ESPN Plus. Obviously, yeah. Disney, you know, ESPN Forever. So, but it's smart. It's
0: a smart move. I mean. Exactly, man. It's very exciting. It's very freaking exciting. Well, that's our industry news segment, guys. That was a whole bunch of stuff. Man, oh, man. A lot of good stuff, some bad, and a lot of new (laughs) content coming your way in the upcoming months and years. So we're super pumped about that. Yeah. But now it is time for our top five segment, man. And, ooh, boy, oh, boy, this one brings us back to our childhood because, you know, this week it is top five favorite board games. Very (laughs) random but very fun at the same time. I mean, I know we have – specific memories playing each one of these games. Now, number five for me goes to probably one of the easiest board games that you have ever been introduced to. And it's so simple. I mean, there's just you know, you know, Candyland. Candyland is one of the easiest yet fun, yes, yet colorful (laughs) board games out there. And I mean, that's why I got to put it on our list because, like I said, you just make so many memories about it, especially when you're younger. A fetus learning how to play all these games. So, like I said, just hold that one near and dear to my heart. So there fair you, enough. Fair it is. My number five is on the total flip side of
1: that and probably one of the most difficult games to figure out <laughs> on how to play. I'm, of course, talking about Stratego. Mm. Uh huh. You want to know how to be a leader on a battlefield and strategize mm. to win a war and take over territories or defend off somebody from taking your territories? Stratego is your game. I fucking loved it as a kid, and I I kind of like it as an adult, too. It's pretty fun to have to put the thinking cap on and try to figure out what you're doing. And maybe, maybe this is what's going on right now in Ukraine and Putin. If they had played more Stratego, either or would be doing better. Better than oh. I'm just saying, board games can be important. <laughs>
0: they can.
1: I'm trying to make light of the situation. It fucking sucks over there, okay? Of course, Stratego can't help.
0: But we, yeah. Oh <laughs> just number funny. five, Stratego. 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 I've never played Stratego, to be honest oh with shit, you. Oh, shit. We've got to play. Oh, man. Uh, number four <laughs> for me goes back to a classic. You'll find it at every outdoor venue of Cracker Barrel, and that is <laughs> Checkers. You know, this is another one one that's just super simple uh and it also sets you up for chess because that one i mean you know you get the board layout and you get really know where the different colors go and everything like that but checkers man that that's one i think that might have been my first ever board game that i learned to be honest i remember sitting in the living room playing it with my mom and all that good stuff so that's why checkers is on my list king me bitch okay yep all right (laughs) fair enough Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Checkers. I like checkers. Who doesn't like like checkers? Who doesn't like checkers? Come Come on. on. I mean,
0: just sit down. Pop pop a bottle. (laughs) Checkers checkers. drunk
1: is much more entertaining. Exactly. Exactly. You don't always make the right moves. That's all I'm saying. My number four. Sorry. Ooh, no. sorry, 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 ooh, sorry. Yeah, if you're Alex Trebek, ooh, uh, miss him so much. Ooh, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, sorry. Of course, is the game where you have to start and you want to get to the center, and you have five colored pegs, but. Somebody hit you. Sorry. You get bounced all the way back. You got to start all over and everything. And, like, the best part about it is, sorry. That's because you get to say that annoyingly over and over and over to really piss people off.
0: It's for sure. fucking great. But I'm not sorry that it's number four on my list of
1: favorite <laughs> board games. Sorry.
0: And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> now, something that, you know, this definitely set me up for life. And I'm just going to say it, especially playing with some people in elementary school, you can definitely see what type of person they were going to turn out to be. Uh, um, Number three for me is life. And you know why I say that? Because there's some people that play life and they start out with more kids than anticipated. And then in real life, they turn out having kids in like high school and at a young age. So I'm like, you should have just played Life differently. I'm just saying. But it's fun. You know, you get to travel and do different things and go to different universities and all the good stuff. I don't know. I haven't played Life in a while, to be honest with you. It's been a while since I've played as well. But, I mean, you know, just to try to set the younger generation up at... It doesn't do well. Life would be different if, like, it told you how to sign up for a bank account or how to write a check or how to fucking tell time with a fucking regular clock, okay? Not a digital one. I'm just letting all these fucking – is it Hasbro? Does Hasbro own the rights to life? I don't know. I don't know, know, but but whoever owns the rights to life, listen to what I'm saying. Analog. Teach us how to fucking do this shit. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm
1: just That's saying. right. That's so- right.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it was, it it's good. Intense. It's
1: good. Hey, before Words with Friends,
0: before Wordle,
1: there was my number three, Scrabble. Just play it the other night. <laughs> favorite vocabulary board game where you can dominate by knowing your words and having a vast vocabulary. But God help you if the people that you're playing with do not have a vast vocabulary. Facts they will question you, they will argue with you, they Every will single shoot time. you down, but you hold fast, you pull out your Scrabble legit word guide, and you lay down that key, you lay down that Z, and you... Fucking move forward to your victory. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. Scrabble. All kidding aside, it is, like, really fun, and kudos. Little Emily's becoming a real badass at it. Fucking dropped a 72-point word the other day. Like, uh, just not even trying. Just 72 points. That was definitely the most I've ever seen, like, a single word. Yeah, I mean, she's killing it lately, so she's doing really good, but, you know, she does have a vast vocabulary. Yes. She had a vast vocabulary dad. Yes!
0: Yes! Thank goodness for Google now, by the way, because you can look shit up and be like, Yes, is this a Scrabble word? That's right. Like yes or no. That's right. Google
1: is your Scrabble vocabulary guide now. Facts. Like it does. It Facts.
0: does <laughs> um, Number two for both of us is a game that I just learned recently, and you guys know about it because of the Queen's Gambit. And I, when when would you say that you learned chess? Oh, way
1: early, like uh, mid eighties, maybe yeah. is what my first kind of like foray into it. Yeah. Uh, At what and-
0: what age you think?
1: Uh, maybe, maybe 14, 15, 14, 15. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, just m- more so there, just like, you know, it was, um, the idea of strategy. That, right? That's the like, biggest yeah, thing. For yeah. Me too. Like, like that you had to, you had to learn how to not just move your pieces, you know, but, move you had to your thought process was four moves ahead exactly and not just your for four moves ahead but what is the person you're playing against thinking four moves ahead because if you're not there you're not winning exactly. and so that idea to me i've always been really like into things that challenge me to have to think on like extreme levels and chess clearly is one of those games that you have to be thinking well in advance and on extreme levels and on uh, you and your opponent and so i love the game i i just think it's it's one that we play a lot we play it's like mm-hmm. there's a little app and we we go back and forth and everything he's getting pretty good he's like <laughs> he's getting pretty good used to kill him and now it's like competitive but i think time.
0: that's something beautiful about chess it literally it sets you up for life more than fucking no, life let's be honest does. about it because like if you say this to an individual. How are they going to react? How are they going to maneuver? And you think about all the different outcomes that a conversation could bring, and that's the same as chess. If you move this pawn, if you move this rook, if you move that knight, all that good stuff, how is the other person going to react? So I think chess is a great thing to learn to set you up for life and to prepare you for different situations that you may or may not get in. So that's why it's on our list, and it's very important. Yeah, and if you retain that knowledge in
1: life and in the game, it helps you moving forward because people are creatures of habit. So they'll they'll make the same move again yeah. or similar moves again. So if you remember what you've learned, you're going to grow you're going to do better you're going to compete and that's the game of life right you got it like fuck life chess is the game of life like you said that's how it happens right there man
0: exactly exactly that's why we had to put it on a list number yes. 2 for both of us chess yes. uh number 1 for me is probably like I love Batman. Batman's my favorite DC hero. And I love... When I was younger, I always wanted to be like an FBI agent. I wanted to be a detective. So number one for me goes to Clue. I love Knives Out for this reason. Just trying to... Figure out these mysteries and these murders and all these different things, and watching, you know, like investigative discovery, fucking all this different shit. You try to figure it out. No, it was for sure the husband. That's what it was. But it was Colonel Mustard in the dining room with the candlestick. But I love playing that process of elimination. It's so fucking fun. It and we, was we, Professor we, Plum
1: in you know, the living room with the rope.
0: Everybody knows that. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't played yet. I'm super we excited for we us should. to play. Oh my goodness. Because, like, I, used to play with my stepdad, Levi, all the time, and he used to whoop our ass. But, yeah, so that's why we had to switch to Uno, which is a complete game of chance, because this motherfucker Uh, is too smart, okay? uh, But, yes, number one for me, number one, Clue. And it brings back so many fond memories. I mean, come on now.
1: All right. My number one, anybody who knows me and has known me knows my number one. It's no surprise. It's my favorite game of all time. I'm undefeated. And I will whoop your ass. I'm talking about Monopoly. Monopoly. It's annoying. Guys, there's a strategy. There is a strategy. And you can win every time if you implement
0: said strategy. And there's a second strategy.
1: And there's a second (laughs) strategy if someone blocks the first strategy. But I'm never telling you the second strategy. Now – I love the fucking game. It's, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurial game of all time. You know, you've got to build your empire. You've got to buy property. You've got to take money. You've got to build money. You got to stay out of jail and do it legally. You got to do it. all right. I just fucking love this game. And my favorite part about it is just taking down other people. It's like,
2: you don't have
1: enough mortgage that shit. Oh, now you don't have the mortgage. I'm going to take your shit. I just fucking love it. And, um, yeah, he's, he's like that because, like, I'm going to post a picture. We should post – I'm going to post a picture on social media if you follow me, Crazy CrazyAnkGuy1970. I'll post a picture of what my board looks like every time. Every time. And it's – Everything in front of me and nothing in front of anybody else. Like I don't know. I just love it. It's a really fun game, and I'm just gonna be. I. He's right. To, I'm an asshole when I play. I get very competitive with Monopoly. It's true. That very. Mr. Nice Guy just goes away, and it's like fucking. You took my railroad. I'm gonna destroy you, bitch.
0: It's like you know. I don't know. <laughs> Monopoly, oh, my number my one. Goodness. Yes, guys. <laughs> we want to know your favorite board game. Please let us. No, we love the fan interaction, and we just we want to hear different stories about growing up or with your family now. Yeah. All the good stuff. And don't DM me. I'm not telling you strategy. No, don't do it. <laughs> it's never being given away. Uh, heading over to the box office recap. Man, oh, uh, man, this is by no surprise. Like we talked about in the industry news segment, Batman, the Batman, is number one with $137 Wait, I follow a guy on Twitter who's literally seen it 23 times. <laughs> His goal is to get Matt Reeves a billion-dollar fan Film. he literally tweeted
1: that he said
0: let's get it there one
1: billion dollars i'm like
0: you got a lot more showings to go my man i did the math and that's like three and a half days of this man's life I, i'm just like <laughs> like that's insane i love the picture though it's him posed in between the batman and
1: spider-man was, no way home. it's a it's great like, time yeah. to be a comic oh my book fan. gosh yeah
0: uh, number two is Uncharted. Great fucking movie. I'm glad that's still hanging in there strong. Oh yeah. And with came in with 11.1 million. Number three is Dog with 6.1. That one looks really good. Let you go see that one. Oh yeah. Uh, number four is Spider-Man No Way Home 4.5. Man, how does it feel to be Tom Holland right now? I have two of the top five fucking films. Even when the Batman is dominating
1: and knocked you off the top, you're still fucking in. T- Two out of the top five movies.
0: That's insane. (laughs) It's insane. Uh, And number five is Death on the Nile, which I really haven't heard much about, to be honest I think everybody's only seeing that one for Gil-Gadot. Facts. Facts. That's got to be the only reason they're
1: going to see that thing. (laughs) That came
0: in with uh, 2.8 million. (laughs) I'd go see it for Gil-Gadot. Facts. Uh, New movies that are coming out. uh, Tyson's Run, whatever that is. uh, Off-season. Tyson doesn't run Uh, for (laughs) anything. All My Friends Hate Me. X, which is – that's that horror movie of, like, these fucking porno people trying to make a porno on a ranch and, like, it's people – like, I don't know. It's really weird. Go watch the trailer. You're going to be like, what the fuck? A horror
1: Um, movie set in a porno.
0: I'm telling you. You should watch it. Um, And Uma. uh, That one comes out as well and movies you can still go where's see is Oprah? Uh, where's Uma,
2: Oprah where's Oprah <laughs> Oprah
0: Oprah where's David Letterman when we need him <laughs> uh, movies you can still go see <laughs> Sing 2 Jackass Forever Crino uh, and scream. So be sure to check those out. Uh, and IMDb Pro's top trending segment, of course, you guys know the number one trending movie right now is "Something in the Way." The Batman. Duh. Uh, of no course. shit, Sherlock. Come on now. Uh, top trending TV show is Euphoria. Duh. No shit, Sherlock. And the top trending <laughs> <laughs> star is Zoe Kravitz. Duh.
1: Number three. No shit, Sherlock.
0: Like, I mean, come, come on. on. Those are all
1: obvious. I mean, if Exactly. If not, what do you th- – We've got some great stories about Zoe Kravitz coming up. Why? Next week's Next show. Next week. Who – Next week's show. We don't know. We'll tell you. Find out. Exactly, Some good stories, though.
0: Exactly. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy on episode 188 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank ourselves one more time for being such amazing people. Uh, Be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media at Crazy Ant Media. You're the man. (laughs) And at ItCap Podcast. And be sure to follow us both. Personally, on social media, myself at JLoFantastic and that crazy ant guy 1970, who's a hell of a guy. Thanks, <laughs> really? <man. laughs> be sure to subscribe to this podcast, unless he's playing Monopoly. But <laughs> I'm guy an asshole, man. Like, I
1: just, like, <laughs>
0: be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button on the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications that we have coming out of crazy and media be sure to visit our website as well www.crazyandmedia.com where you start rocking the latest and greatest crazy and media gear free shipping promotional uh fucking thing is coming up <laughs> be sure to check that out follow us at our social media so you know when Man, oh man, there's a lot of good fucking content for this episode, boy. but I'm super excited for Oppenheimer, too, to Oh honest.
1: my gosh, Oppenheimer and our boy John Papsadera just killing it. Oscar
0: this, contender. I'm I already mean,
1: throwing that out there. This guy's got to single-handedly be one of the greatest casting directors of all time, the, the cast that he puts together. Best. Yellowstone in 1883 and... Freaking like the mayor of Kingstown. Then all these epic, all the Dark Knight movies and like Oppenheimer and just this guy is slaying, man. So
0: fucking good, slaying.
1: Um, obviously, you know, I I, do. I want to be happy about this. I'm. I'm happy that we're right. I'm not happy that we're right. Chapping at the same time. I just, you know, we called it. We knew it was going to be it. I'm just like, this guy's tenure is not good. I didn't think it was going to be good. I wasn't a fan of the selection, and I'm. I, it's just, it's sometimes it's it's bad to be right. But I give
0: him max five years. You give him less than. A I year. don't <laughs> think he's going to
1: make it through the year. If he makes it through the year, I'll be shocked. And I, if he does, I I can't see two. Yeah. I can't see two years. I I, I just don't know. It's gonna be wild, man. It's gonna be wild. Hey, hey. You know what? What? It, it's been an amazing show, but you keep saying all these mean things to me about Oprah. But I, I, I mean about Monopoly, but that that makes me think, you know, the one person that I would definitely want to sit in a room with, maybe you with Clue too, because she's a really smart person, yeah, she but is. I want to see if Oprah can kick my ass in Monopoly. So,
0: that was should we give her a shout out and we say, really hey, hey, Oprah, play Monopoly and Clue. <laughs> <laughs> yes.